It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Willis Rifkin writes, as a Met fan that doesn't know these players, could we or should we have offered similar for Juan Soto? What is the Met equivalent to this? And by the way, uh, Danny Lanigan wrote basically the same thing. So I want to give Danny credit to Evan, if the Mets made the same deal as the Yankees for Soto, what does it look like? I feel this is the only way to evaluate this in Met fan terms. I don't think it exists. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it exists. I think that the only way, if we really want to get into this and say, how could we have gotten Juan Soto? I think you were going to have to sell the Padres on a completely different kind of trade. It was just going to have to be completely different. So one idea that was floated during the summer was Pete Alonso. Wasn't going to work because they took out a loan and they needed to get rid of $33 million. And Pete Alonso is going to make over 20 this season in his final year of arbitration. So could Pete Alonso have, and for Juan Soto have worked? No. Let's throw that one away. Could there have been something off the major league roster that worked? Jeff McNeil. Not really, because they didn't want to take money back. So I think you have to eliminate position players on the major league roster from this list. They didn't want to take money. Pitching-wise, what could the Mets have offered pitching-wise? Jose Quintana on the final year of a contract? Kodai Senga after just signing him? Not really. He's making $15 million a year. What could they have offered? Edwin Diaz to replace Josh Hader? Not really. He makes a lot of money. Tyler McGill? David Peterson? Jose Budo? Now you're going into the farm system. And you're looking at Blade Tidwell and Christian Scott. And I don't think that draws them in either because those guys aren't ready. Like, I want to explain what the Yankees traded away. They traded away a guy in Michael King who is ready. He's a major leaguer. They got a 29-year-old major leaguer who in the last month of last season, while no one was paying attention to the Yankees, was one of their best starting pitchers this side of Garrett Cole and has also been an absolute weapon out of the bullpen. He's 29, he's got two years of control, and he is not a prospect. He is a major league baseball player. So they added a guy who has a resume. There's nobody on the Mets that fits that. Tyler McGill. What do you think of Tyler McGill? You think he stinks. So why would the Padres not think he stinks? 
So the Mets have nobody even close to Michael King. That's number one. Number two, they traded a prospect in Drew Thorpe, who with all due respect to all the Met prospects, nobody's ranked as high in Baseball America as Drew Thorpe. The Mets don't have a pitching prospect ranked as high as Drew Thorpe. Now you want to tell me, ah, but Blake Tidwell is maybe highly regarded. Okay, if you want to tell me they're even and maybe the Padres would like, ah, oh, we liked it. Okay, I'll give you that, even. But then let's think about what else they got. It's being diminished as, well, they got nothing back. Let me tell you what they got back. They got back Johnny Brito. Now, what's Johnny Brito? You know how many starts Johnny Brito made for the New York Yankees last year? He made 13 of them. He pitched for the New York Yankees. Was he great? He was okay. Had a 4-2 ERA. He's all right. Had his moments. Had some bad moments. Had some good moments. But he was a major league pitcher who made 13 starts. Randy Vasquez pitched really well when he pitched for the Yankees. He made five starts. So they got three guys, not one, three guys that are major league starting pitchers, including one that's far better than anything the Mets could have offered in Michael King. There's nothing even remotely close the Mets could have offered similar to that. So there is no equivalent. Could they have enticed them with better position player prospects? I, I, I guess, but the reason I lean no is this is still a team with a huge payroll. And this is still a team that's trying to win in 2024. They still have Manny Machado. They still have Fernando Tatis Jr. They still have Xander Bogarts. And watch this. Watch this. They still have a better lineup than the New York Yankees. Am I wrong? Tell me when I'm lying, because I don't think I am. So the Padres lineup, despite losing Juan Soto, who is a great player, is still really, really good. They're coming off a year in which they had a bad year, but they're really, really good. So think about that for a second. They're trying to win. So us enticing them with Drew Gilbert and Jet Williams and Luis Angel Lacuna, I, I guess could have worked, but it's so different than what they actually accepted. And it's so different in terms of it, that wouldn't have helped them this season. It would have been nice would have loaded up their farm system, and you could argue they returned what they gave up for Juan Soto to begin with. But in my humble opinion, there was no equivalent. It didn't exist. Meanwhile, I even mentioned what I've said before, which is I wouldn't have done that for a guy who has one year left. I look at the Mets this way. I think they got to try to compete in 2024. I think they can compete in 2024. I don't think they need to make big superstar moves to compete in 2024 because I don't think the margin is that high to compete in 2024. I didn't say with the Braves and say that Braves are a lot better. I said to make the playoffs, to be good. I want to sign guys to one-year deals. I want to bring guys in that improve this team, but don't kind of hurt their future. They are not Juan Soto away. I don't want to trade prospects for one year of Juan Soto. I don't want to do that. I want to sign him as a free agent. I don't want to do that. The Yankees are different. The Yankees have a guy in Garrett Cole in the prime of his career, coming off a of Cy Young, Aaron Judge, who, keep your fingers crossed, he's healthy is coming off a year in which he wasn't, but two years earlier was historic. The Yankees are going balls to the walls all in. It would be stupid for the Mets to do that. So we would be having some pretty intense arguments around here if the Mets had pulled a deal in which they traded top prospects for Juan Soto. 
you'd have been excited. And I think at the end of the day, I would have been excited that a great player was coming, but I would not have been happy about the strategy. And I would have been concerned about Steve Cohen looking for quick fixes. So there is no equivalent. That's my answer to the uh, dueling questions of Willis and Danny. You're telling me that they wouldn't have uh, been interested in a Joey Lucchese reunion? (laughs) I don't (laughs) think it would have enticed them. (laughs) Danny did have a second part to his email. If Yamo goes to the Yankees and Otani doesn't wind up a Met by Miracle, is there any way this offseason isn't an utter disaster? I think it would be. I think this would be Cohen's worst offseason thus far, and realistically, this only thing we've spent big on is over 40-year-old pitchers. We were out on Judge last year. Who knows why? We haven't landed a star under 40 years old in free agency since he had been the owner. That's not good. I think Yamo goes to the Yankees, and we're back to the old days of never a bride, always a bridesmaid again. I'm also not confident that Soto would choose the Mets over the Yankees next offseason. I think he'll be a guy that loves the pinstripes and the Yankees for the rest of his career. I am hope I'm wrong. So a lot there. Number one, you cannot exclude Francisco Lindor as an acquisition made under Steve Cohen because they traded for him, like the Yankees traded for Juan Soto, and then immediately re-signed him, or at least a few months later re-signed him because they did it right before opening day. And they gave him a record-breaking contract. This is not to argue whether that was the right decision or the wrong decision, but when talking about spending on players and saying, well, it was only Verlander and Scherzer, that's all he's done it on, that is not fair. Because uh, Francisco Lindor has to count as an acquisition. I mean, they gave the guy a $300 million contract. And I want to explain this to you because I find this fascinating. Before Steve Cohen took over, the Mets as a franchise had given out four $100 million deals. Off the top of your head, you know who those four guys are in the Wilpon era. Four guys signed contracts with values over $100 million. Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran, the third highest contract in Met history, $119 million over seven years. David Wright. David Wright, the biggest contract in Met history, eight years, $138 million. The two, you got you got two good ones. There's two that could be a little tricky. It's not Cespedes. I think he got 75, right? Yoannis Cespedes, his last contract that he received, because remember he signed one, the, the, the kind of shorter one, was a four-year, $110 million deal. The other one was Johan Santana after the Mets had traded for him. So another example of trading for a guy, kind of like what the Yankees just did, but they're not going to be able to lock Soto up. I, I think we all know that. The Mets traded for Lindor in a contract year, signed him immediately. They traded for Santana, and I think that was part of the deal. Like They got the window to negotiate because that contract was announced right with the trade. So that was a, hey, give us some time to extend him kind of deal. But then other times it doesn't work out. They traded for Mike Hampton in a contract year. Had one great year. NLCS MVP. We're in the World Series. School systems in Colorado. Sorry, I'll see you later. So the Met franchise has handed out four contracts worth $100 million. Do you know how many Steve Cohen's handed out? And he's only been here for three years? The same amount. Four. Edwin Diaz, five years, 102. Max Scherzer, three years, 130. Brandon Nimmo, eight years, 162. And Francisco Lindor, 10 years, 341. So when it comes to spending, 
again, not arguing if the spending is right. That's a different kind of argument. They have handed out four $100 million deals, the same amount as the entire history of the Wilpons. So to say they're not, or he hasn't spent is not fair. Now, Danny asks a great question. And that is a question that I think we all kind of have to debate, even though we hope it doesn't happen. How is the offseason not a disaster if they miss out on Yamamoto? It's a great question because you always have to pivot. You can't guarantee yourself you're going to get everybody you want. Let's say they don't get them. What do you do? I am partial to Jordan Montgomery. I think that Montgomery, even at the age of 31, still to me poses the greatest upside. Like, I don't think he's an ace. I don't think he'll ever be an ace. But I think I could talk myself into maybe we haven't seen the best of him because he's been better over the last year and a half than he was prior to that. Like since the Yankees traded him away to St. Louis, he's a better pitcher. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And he was really good in the postseason last year for Texas. So is this a guy that's going to continue to get better? Because that's what free agency is really about. You don't want to pay for a guy's pass. You want to pay for what they think, what you think they can do. That's what scares me about Blake Snell. I think you'd be paying for his past. You'd be paying for the two Cy Youngs. Does anybody think he's going to win another Cy Young with the Mets? So I think, and I'm not saying that any Met fan would say this is an amazing offseason, but I think it would be an acceptable offseason in terms of rebuilding this rotation. I would probably lean towards pivoting towards Jordan Montgomery and uh, Shota Imanga the Japanese professor. No, I think his nickname is something else. I talked about this on the air with Evan and Tiki, and I can't remember what it was. The Japanese, hold on, I wrote it down. He's got a very cool nickname, Pete, that I'm going to remember if he's a Met. <laughs> I just can't remember it right now. Uh... The professor, wasn't that like an NBA guy or like a, like a NBA street ball, the professor? The professor? Was it Mountain Dew? The, Mountain Dew? Did not do have like an NBA series back in the day. Did they? NBA, yes, and the professor was some. He was crazy. Oh, I got it. You know what it's. You know what his nickname is. You're even going to find this badass. The philosopher, the pitching philosopher, the throwing philosopher, the throwing Shota philosopher. Imanaga, who's 29 year old lefty. So, if they pivoted towards Montgomery and the throwing philosopher, you've now rebuilt your rotation. You don't have that blooming ace, but you have a lot of really good starters in the middle of your rotation. I would say that that offseason would be disappointing in terms of what you wanted, but you can't say that's a disaster. I mean, you can't, like, I'd have a problem with that. If the Mets went out and added three starting pitchers, which we knew they needed to do after trading Scherzer and, and uh, Verlander, we're going to say this was a disaster? 
A disaster would have been not signing any star. We're starting one starting pitcher. That's a disaster. Oh, man. By the way, I got a few more emails. I want to give these guys credit for asking the same question about comps on what a <laughs> Met Soto trade would have looked like. Uh, here's Douglas Peterson about Soto. Evan, I'm writing to simply express my absolute revulsion with this resurgence of the Yankees. I was in complete agreement with you that the Mets should not have traded for one year of Soto. However, watching him not only go to the Yankees, but more importantly, to then also watch Yankee fans truly believe that he will stay there. This sentiment is grating on my soul. So, uh, <laughs> Soto has made it very clear that his desire is to go to free agency, and yet the Yankee fan still operates with this unfounded air of arrogance. To the Yankee fan, I say this. You have not been the New York Yankees since 09. That was 15 years ago. As they say, these are not your father's Yankees. You cannot continue to place your hubris on a precarious foundation of dated and rusted trophies. The evil empire is not back, you dogs. <laughs> this is great. The Braves and Phillies fan is low and dim, but the Yankee fan is one of true infernal repugnance. Their minds exist in some sort of fantastical realm in which they have been winning the World Series left and right for the last decade. It's almost sad that they live in these vignettes of the past, recounting the good old days. Even when it's born of conditioning and ignorance, the joy of a Yankee fan is really most abhorrent. <laughs> this is my favorite email. Steve Cohen must do everything in his power to stamp out these ambitions of rebirth and renaissance surrounding the Yankees right now. You must embarrass Howland Cashman in the town square. Sign Yamamoto. Sign Soto next year, of course. Do whatever you must to thwart these rejuvenating mongrels. Do not let the Yankees be the Yankees once more. Sorry for this rant. I just hate the bleeping Yankees and their dumbass fan base. Douglas. Douglas, Douglas, Douglas. Very well written, by the way. Tremendous, tremendous email. I think the Yankee fan knows deep down that Juan Soto is going to go to free agency. Somebody's saying he's definitely going to leave, but he's going to free agency. Right now, they have a year of him. And, and I expressed this on the radio, and I really believe this. There is a belief amongst Yankee fans of, well, if he succeeds here and we succeed here, how could he leave? A playoff run with the Yank, how could he leave? Well, the answer to that is money, but let's play this game. I totally get what you're saying when a Yankee fan says that. How could they leave? after experiencing all the good of being a New York Yankee. I'll give you that. That is certainly something that can't hurt the Yankees in free agency. But may I ask a question? What if it doesn't go that way? What if the Yankees aren't good? What if Juan Soto plays in the Bronx like he played upon being traded to the San Diego Padres? Do you remember his first 50 games in San Diego? I do. He had 237. He had an OPS that for his standards was incredibly low. It was in the sevens. It was 778. His numbers in those 52 games were so pedestrian that Pete Hoffman went on WFAN comparing Soto's numbers to Daniel Vogelbach's. And he wasn't wrong. So what if that happens? Like, I mean, that's a fair question. Like, most guys who have come to New York, Mets or Yankees, struggle in their first year. Carlos Beltran struggled in his first year. Francisco Lindor struggled in his first year. 
Mark Teixeira got off to a bad start in his first year. Jason Giambi was hearing booze and got struggled in his first year. It is very common. So for all the, well, if things go amazing, how could he leave? I give you that. You're right. That would make it even more difficult to steal him away, though at the end of the day, it's just going to take money. But I want to play that game with you guys. I do. Yankees are enticing. How could he leave? What if it's bad? Like what? What if they're the 2023 New York Yankees? What if Soto's getting booed by the middle of May? What if they don't make the playoffs? What if they do and Soto's great and then much like 2022, he's getting booed because he's not hitting in the wild card series. So my point in all this to, and I don't think any Yankee fans listening, but to Met fans, to baseball fans is a lot can happen in a year. Let's not assume all that happens is good. Juan Soto is the kind of free agent that Steve Cohen, in my mind, would go balls to the walls for because he's young, he's dynamic, he's a position player, and I still fully expect that come a year from now, the Mets will be one of the top bidders for Juan Soto. Will it be difficult to pry him away from the New York Yankees if the Yankees have great success? Okay, maybe a little bit more difficult. But if things go bad, maybe it won't be that difficult. But that's for a year from now. And that has always been my view on Juan Soto, whether he was a Yankee or a Mariner or a Blue Jay, and that he's going to get to free agency, and he's he's the kind of free agent you target because more times than not, free agents are overrated. Cody Bellinger is overrated. Blake Snell is overrated. Most of these guys are overrated. That's why when someone as young and talented as Soto becomes available, you got to do whatever it takes. It's not personal. Like, I think some Yankee fans think I come on the radio and say, oh, the Mets are going to steal him because it's some personal attack. It's not. He's a free agent. I expect the Mets to go after him. And by the way, if the Mets didn't go after him, Steve Cohen would have hell to pay. Because then what are you doing? Seriously, that's the kind of free agent you have to go after because he's so young and he's so good. So good. So that's my opinion. Uh, This guy, Steve, this other guy, Steve, wrote a whole email about realigning Major League Baseball. I don't want to do that today, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, save that for the next uh, next podcast. That's a next one. That's a next one. By the way. I, I do think this year, and I listened to the Cashman speak about Soto. I think that the Yankees are fully prepared to know that they're not getting uh, an extension with him. I think they're fully prepared for that, and there's a possibility they're going to lose him. And uh, I, th- I still think they made the right decision for themselves, and that that's okay. That wasn't the right decision decision for us, and that's fine too. Yeah, the, the teams are in very different situations. And I that's what makes these conversations sometimes so difficult. But because when you share a town and your brothers and sisters and everybody you're next to are fans of the other team and it's always comparison theater, it makes it difficult. But not everything needs to be a comparison because the Mets and the Yankees are different. They're in very different situations right now. But we do appreciate all the emails and all the passion, the Rico B at gmail.com, the Rico B at gmail.com. Next week will be a very exciting week because clearly we're going to get more clarity on Yoshinabu Yamamoto. We got a little bit more rumor and detail over the past week. We heard that Steve Cohen and David Stearns went out to Japan. There's a reason why I haven't mentioned it until like the 50th minute of this podcast. I think it matters. I mean, it's great. I'm glad they did it. Uh, 
I assume they'll get another face-to-face meeting with Yoshinabu. Maybe they won't. The Yankees will on Monday. Look, this comes down to what does this man want? What does he want? Does he want the biggest contract? If that's the case, I'd feel pretty good. I think I would go into it saying, all right, I think Cohen understands the importance of this, and they will be the highest bidder. Does he want the best chance to win immediately? If that's the case, I don't think the Yankees are the favorites either. I think the Dodgers would be. I think the Dodgers always possess that. Their resume is that. If there is a connection to the New York Yankees and a connection to the pinstripes, well, that's tough to compete with. Because you can't change the fact that Hideki Matsui was a World Series MVP for the New York Yankees. You can't change that. You can't change the fact that Kaz Matsui was on the Mets and means nothing to him. Can't change that. So it'll be a very interesting week next week. Obviously, we're all feeling a lot of heat, a lot of pressure. Because if they lose them to the Yankees, this resentment that you just heard today will only grow bigger and bigger. But more so than resentment, it makes it difficult on how to pivot. And that's the homework assignment we all have to have over the next five days. We did a whole what's your offseason plan. Well, how about this one? What's your plan if Yamamoto doesn't pick the Mets? Where do you go? What do you do? Because there's no easy answer to that. When we talked about the offseason plans, everybody said Yamamoto. We all agree he's worth targeting. Well, if they don't get him, what do you do? So your thoughts, write them down, send them over. We'll discuss it. The Rico B at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening and downloading Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.